Buonasera, everyone. Welcome to another week of Necromaniacs. It's me and Mike discussing Italian giallo, one of our favorite yes. subjects. Two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row. You know what, listeners? We had such a good time uh, last week discussing the Sergio Martino classic, The Strange Vice of Mrs. Ward, that we decided to dive into uh, another one he did with the lovely Miss Edwige Fenech, uh, in which the title of this one appeared in The Strange Vice of Mrs. Ward on a card sent to her from uh, her mysterious stalker. And of course, we're talking about your vice is a locked room and only I have the key. Long title, Mike Hill. Long title. Yeah, you know, and at our, uh, in our weekly production meeting, uh, you know, we discussed the, these two films and how they, they uh, are, you know, it's like a part one and a part two of our, our little show here. And it makes sense that we cover both of them, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I hope uh, the listeners out there enjoy it. I know we have some uh, Edwidge fans and, and some Martino fans just based on, on some feedback, you know, over the years and posting images and what have you and stuff from stuff from the collection and all that. So I think uh, a good chunk of the listeners will enjoy our Italian double shot. But welcome, everybody. Um, this is Necromaniacs podcast, as Mike Hill said. I am Mike Scandato, along with Mike Hill, bringing you back to Italia. And uh, before we get things rolling, we've got the plugs, the plugs, the plugs. And of course, where would we be without our buddies in Break the Apocalypse podcast? Coming at you every Friday with a new episode. We're every Thursday. They're every Friday. So it's a nice, you know, end of the week thing to look forward to. Uh, if you like to laugh, if you like to think about things, if you like to learn about, you know, current events and such. And they also talk about movies, too, from time to time, which is great. They talk about TV, popular culture. Check out Break the Apocalypse podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. Yeah, I listened to your appearance on there, Mike, and uh, mm. and I subscribe. Thank you. I'm a subscriber oh, now to uh, to the show, and it was it was good to hear John, man. It's I haven't I haven't uh, seen or spoken to him in quite a while, so it was good to hear his voice. Yeah, yeah, John. You know, they've been doing the show for not two years. I think just under two years now, and they have a lot of fun with it, and they have an interesting dynamic. Uh, Brian Shaheen and John. They're 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 kind of like different people and. They have different takes on things, so it's it's a fun show to listen to. Check it out. Break the apocalypse. Yeah, it's similar similar to this show. It's uh, very East Coast, you know. Yeah, they're it, right. Uh, Shaheen is in Philly, and John is in Albany, and and Brian is the the king of the Midwest, as uh, as I call him. You know, so fun stuff. Yeah. Fun stuff. And of course, I'd like to shout out Brandon Legion in the Horror Wolf podcast. And uh, mm -hmm. he's got a bunch of great stuff happening these days. Check out his podcast and also his movie review blog. Really good stuff there. Cool, cool. You know, it's it's the beginning of the year, listeners. And um, my resolution was to, to, you know, jump into the, the brand new horror. And, well, it's only the second, the third week of January. So I haven't really come across the brand spanking new 2022 horror which is another reason Mike and I are kind of kicking off the year with some uh, older fare, Mike. What do you think? That sounds about right. You know, it's you know we're still in, in January. It's very the year is very young. You know, people are mm -hmm. just start. I mean, let's face it. I kind of feel like people are just starting to get back to work this week, man. You know what I'm saying? Like people, True. you know, like that holiday season, that lull in activity, kind of goes into january a little bit you know what i mean it does it does i mean this past monday was uh martin luther king holiday and, and everybody had off and i feel like traditionally after that weekend by the by mid late january you're in the dregs of winter the holidays are a memory and you've got like those two really shitty months of winter left so it's like you're, you're really kind of, you know february and march you know we're, we're in new york new jersey they're pretty bad, folks. Um, you know, if you're living in the South, if you're living in California, I envy you. Uh, February and March suck around here. Don't don't visit New York City in February and March. How about that, Michael? Um, no fun. 
Yeah, it's it's uh it's the worst. These are probably like the worst months out of the year around here. Hmm. Totally, totally. And I think I read years ago somewhere that there's like a date in January that is like the saddest day of the year or something like that. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna oh, do wow. my research on it. It's in January. I think it's any day now, actually, to be totally honest. The saddest day um, of the year. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So, you know, it, it kind of makes sense to not jump into the new stuff. And Mike and I always reference a lot of giallos and a lot of Italian stuff. And we don't always uh, devote episodes to it. So we thought it would be fun to give uh, Mr. Sergio Martino his due once again. Well, I mean, in general, I like a lot of Italian films. Even, even mm -hmm. aside from Giallo, I like a lot of Italian westerns. Oh yeah, uh, you know the other the other horror fair that's out there. You know, there's some great zombie films, mm -hmm. and one of my favorite all time movies of all time, Della Morte Della More. You know, with yeah, man, Michele Suave. That's one of my one of the greatest movies ever made, in my opinion. You know, well, folks, I am answering my question. Guess when the saddest day of the year was? It was yesterday, January 17th. Wow, I was pretty sad it is yesterday. The, it was the third, it's the third Monday of every new year. Uh, and this year it fell uh, on Monday, January 17th. But that's kind of fucked up for MLK, isn't it? That's that's not cool. I mean, uh, why, why are you giving the poor guy the, the saddest day uh, of the year? Yeah, I know, man. It's just, you just can't win, man. If you're... Yeah. If you're an African-American in the United States, you just can't win. I mean, I don't know if it always falls on Martin Luther King Day, but if you're just going to say the third Monday of every January, well, that might be Martin Luther King Day every year. I mean, could change every now and again, right? I mean, who knows? Yeah. I mean, but, I, was, uh, I was a little melancholy yesterday, so, uh, so yeah. Yeah, yesterday was like a second Sunday. You kind of get like two Sundays. You don't get two Saturdays, right? I mean, you, you get two Sundays. And sometimes two Sundays is not good. <laughs> that, that, that's kind of how I was feeling, Mike, to be honest. It, was, hmm. it felt, you know, just uh, like two, two of those days where you're just waiting to go back to work, you know? I did have a great dinner yesterday. I had a great, I had a great night. So there's always that. It wasn't a... A typical, you know, Monday night, which is good. So th there's that, folks. You what, know, what do you have? Okay. Oh no, I just I, I went out to eat, and uh, it was just, you know, it was it was a fun time. I mean, normally a Monday night, it's like okay, you know, put on TV. It was a long ass work day, blah blah blah. But since yesterday was a day off, it it wasn't too bad for the saddest day of the year, you know. Yeah. I, uh, but uh, such is life. We don't want to bum you all out, so we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna talk about Edwidj Fenech, and we're gonna talk about Sergio Martino, and we're gonna talk about this crazy ass movie, listeners. Um, before Mike and I started, uh, we, we we kind of were like, this is quite different from Strange Vice of Mrs. Ward, but I'm just gonna backtrack a bit because we can't fuck up our flow. We need to tell you what we've been checking out before we get rolling, right, Mike? That's right. Yeah. And and you're always checking out more than me, man. So let's hear what you got. Well, the last few days I've spent watching Archive 81 on uh, Netflix, which is on my list of new shit with to check out this week. So it, I mean, dude, I'm all about it. I know it's good. Okay. Yeah. You, know, you, I think you were on the email chain with me and Rennie about. Yeah. This. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I really liked it. I think I liked it more than Rennie liked it, but I, I, mm -hmm. I also acknowledge that there, you know, there's a couple of things in there, you know, that, but I'm, I was able to overlook it because the things I liked about it overshadowed the things that may or may, may not have been exactly the best. You know what I mean? Okay. You got masks, you got weird mold, you got mm. other dimensions, you got a cult, you got witchcraft, you got time fucking slippage. <laughs> it's like all the shit that I love. Weird symbols, nice. you know, like symbols and stuff like that. Bizarre. Now I watched the I watched the trailer, I read a little bit about it. Any X Files vibes in there? Or am I crazy that I kind of got the X Files vibes? Um, 
I didn't I didn't feel that, but now okay. that, now that okay. you mention it, maybe a little bit, but it there there was something about it too. There was like a Dale Cooper thing somewhat in that movie. Okay. Oh. The, nice. the ending. But it wasn't like a Twin Peaks movie. But but then again, there there are things about it that reminded me a little bit of Twin I mean, very, very subtly of Twin Peaks. Where there there's hmm. like, you know, weird music and, and strange stuff happens and eccentric characters, you know, and it was like uh it's like very attractive, like dark haired you know, girl that lives in the building and, you know, yes, she, I, I, I mentioned to you, she looks exactly like someone I know. So it's kind of, kind of interesting. Uh, someone I have not seen it in a good couple of years, but it looks a lot like her. So that's kind of, kind of odd, but, uh, we got to give props to Rennie, Rennie of Starkweather, one of the greatest underground metal core bands ever. I just blew, I just blew you up a bit, Rennie. I hope you don't mind. Also, um, also one of the most like, interesting vocalists in hardcore if you ask me absolutely one million percent one million percent a longtime friend of ours friend of the show check out stark weather people on spotify apple music youtube check them out you know what me and mike like if you've never heard of them check them out um as far as what i've been doing i am i am on to season four of mad men uh, I'm watching uh, a little bit every single night, pretty much, except for like the weekends. Um, it's not that I've never seen it. I have seen it before. This is my third or fourth complete time watching a show. I just enjoy it very much. And it puts a nice cap on my evening, Mike, you know? Oh, yeah. I it, do the same, actually, just, especially during the week. It's just one of those things. Yeah. yeah. During a weeknight. Uh, right, right. Um, aside from that, it's it's been a lot of music listening uh, while I'm working. Uh, the new Funeral Mist, uh, that band Dude. Wayfarer. You heard Wayfarer? Yeah, 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 totally, man. That new Funeral it's, Mist um, record is fantastic, by the way. It's uh, guys from uh, you know Blood Incantation and uh, Stormkeep. Uh, the, these guys got eight thousand bands over there in the in the Blood Incantation universe, and uh, Stormkeep is great. They're kind of like old. Demu, old emperor style black metal, you know, and then the Wayfair has got like the westerny black metal, and then Blood Incantation has their their unique take on on death metal, and and then there's Spectral uh, Spectral Voice, which is their doom. Like these guys are busy, okay, so, and I like all their shit. Um, and what else have I been rocking? I've been rocking the new Arch Goat. Um, been been listening to Revenge, Revenge just puts you in a very weird mood, like this very kind of like almost trancey mood, you know? Sure. Yeah. Because of like their, their simplicity and their just attack and their, their focus on brutality, Michael. That's, that's what revenge seems to have. Yeah. I, there's, there, it, it seems like revenge, conqueror, Diocletian, mm -hmm. antediluvian, like all these bands have like, just like a, they're like a, a they're preoccupied or focused on, devastation and yes negative feelings <laughs> and stuff it's awesome to know? say the least yeah. yeah and i just saw that uh nuclear war now is is reissuing the whole conqueror back catalog which has been actually out of print for a while on cd and vinyl and they're doing like standalone reissues of the full length and of the ep and the, you know the demo collection and they're they're putting out a live lp and and they're reissuing conqueror merch which is nice wow. which has also been very MIA for a, a while, actually. Official merch. Yeah, check that so, out because the, um, you know, similar to you, you, I'm on the mailing list too. So I'd yeah, yeah, yeah. Check all this shit out. <laughs> yeah. I'm on the mailing list for all the usual suspects, you know, uh, Hell's Headbangers and, and Nuclear War Now and, and Rev HQ for my hardcore. And um, to give some props to the, to the label of, of Tombs, I just got. Um, the new Nocturnal Graves in the mail with a couple of their prior records uh, on CD because Mike buys CDs now, so that's that's you know that's that's what I do. I buy digipacks. I like them. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, they're fucking great. And uh, what else I've been listening to? Uh, the new Ride for Revenge. Waiting for that to come out. The CD of that is like on its way to American distros. It's not out yet. The vinyl just hit, but 
I, I'm I'm CD for that band. Some bands I am vinyl, and some bands I'm CD. I must sound like a lunatic, but it is what it is. <laughs> there's a speaking of season of mist. There's um an excellent band. They're not new, but I just found out about them. And, and Season mm -hmm. of Mist reissue is going is about to reissue all their all their material. Uh, they're called Dark Space from Switzerland. I've heard the name Dark Space. Yeah, I yeah. definitely have heard that name, but I never heard what, what they sound like. It's um, like I, you know, I'm on the mailing list. You know, what I, mean? so <laughs> I, I saw like this thing about uh, they're they're reissuing their entire catalog, and they're still active too. And it's like a two man project. So I'm like, oh, let me, let me check this out. So I gave it a little listen, and I'm like, it's it's pretty awesome. It's like mm -hmm. industrial black metal, like very atmospheric, and it's it's pretty dark, man. It's um, I like it, you know. It's uh, there's there's elements of like uh, you know like synths and drum machines and things like that. And uh, okay, if that's something that you don't like, then don't check this out. But if you if that's interesting <laughs> to you. If it's interesting to you, then then check it out. It's brutal. It's dark. It's bleak, you know. Mm. And I, it's got all the elements that I enjoy. So yeah, cool, cool. So yeah, we just gave you a bunch of music to check out, listeners, as as we always, uh, almost always do. Um, but on to tonight's film. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. All right, all right. Um, this is um, Sergio Martino's fourth Giallo film. And as I said earlier, it is a reference to his first film, Strange Vice of Mrs. Ward from 1971. Uh, this one dropped on August 4th, 1972. Uh, I watched this on my very nice looking Arrow Blu-ray. Uh, did you watch it on Shutter, Mike, or you watched the hard copy? I watched it on Shutter, man. I, I, um, or did I? Is it on Shutter hmm. or did I watch it on the Arrow app? I'm not sure now. Well, the Arrow, well it's on the Arrow app. Yeah, it should uh, be, I think, on the Arrow app. But yeah, I watched um, it. On, I watched it on Arrow. They, there's something about their picture quality. I think, for some reason, the stuff I, I when I watch things on Arrow, and the same thing's true for Criterion, the picture quality looks a lot sicker. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Well, they did. They did a a 2K restoration of this movie just a, a couple, not even a couple of years ago. And I believe that's what they're using on the streaming services. They're not using like the old ass looking, you know, version. They're using the nice kind of cleaned up version. And, um, you know, uh, it's a, there's a nice new, uh, you had a nice new Italian and, well, not new Italian, the original Italian audio. You could even listen to that or you could listen to the dubbed version. Um, as I am going deaf, I opted for the dubbed version with subtitles, which I will say can be a little frustrating, especially if you know your Italian movies, because <laughs> a lot of times yeah. what is on the screen is not what they're saying in the dubbed English. So it almost pays listeners to listen to it with the Italian and the English subs. It, it almost does because you're not getting that kind of like, wait a minute, that's not what he said every five minutes. Right. Mike? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's exactly. <laughs> and and the, I just want to make a quick, quick, a thing about just italy and and what i love about italy too is mm -hmm. just like it's just it just it's it's its own pace it's its own thing man like when you go to mm -hmm. italy if something's supposed to start at nine it ain't gonna start at nine you know no I mean? no it's not starting at nine o'clock you know what uh, i'm saying like like they're into late dinners yeah, they're into right. not really being on time you know uh, almost like a California vibe. Uh, uh, California, no offense, California, but almost everyone I know from California is either late to everything or takes five times longer than a, someone from New York to do something. Mike, have you noticed that? Right. And and that's, yeah. and, and with Italy though, like punctuality and maybe <laughs> at, at times, I, I'm going to say for lack of a better term, accuracy it's mm -hmm. not one of their strong suits. However, what they're really good at is creating a vibe and creating an atmosphere. Yes. And and beauty and things mm -hmm. like that. That's what I love about Italian movies. Yeah. And like a mood and, and you know, it's look, as we said, when we talked about um, Strange Rights of Mrs. Ward, you're watching these movies for a particular reason. 
and and, and this movie is is definitely uh, of that ilk. Although I will say, out of the gate, I do think this movie, like I said, it's quite different from Mrs. Ward in that it's you know it, it takes its cues well from Edgar Allan Poe's The Black Cat, number one. Yeah. And it kind of mashes it up with the Italian giallo, which which is really kind of a cool idea, you know. Um, and this one, straight up, its ending is a bit easier to kind of swallow and a bit easier to follow, and kind of makes a little more sense, a little more linear, maybe, Mike. Yeah, yeah. There, there's not. It's not twist heavy, like. Uh... No, like, like, like there's uh, a twist. Yeah, <laughs> like, like there's the typical, there's the one giallo. Oh, that's who did it. Like, you know what I'm saying? But much like uh, Strange Vice of Mrs. Ward, there is a moment in the movie where someone is killed who is a killer. But that does not mean he is the killer, right? right that's right. That's that, right. That happens in this and it happens in Strange Vice of Mrs. Ward. And let's be honest. It happens in a lot of thrillers. It happens in a lot of GL films. Um, that's you know, that that's a that's a, a a a trait that is not going away, right? In in Mrs. Ward, I feel like they had like maybe one or two too many twists. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like they mislead you here, they mislead you there. You know, and then there's like. Now- the doc, the doctor, and the final scene. I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? You know what I mean? Like, right. very confusing. You know, but like we forgot that he even went to even see her when she was kind of dead. And oh, oh, that's right. He was yeah. with her for about eight seconds. Oh, yeah. that's right. That that's not really in this movie. Um, however, it does have uh, the same screenplay writer, the amazing uh, Ernesto Gastaldi, who's uh, you could you could look up the movies he's done, a a shit ton of them. Um, you know. And uh, Luciano Martino, uh, Ed Weege's, uh husband at the time, a love interest, uh, is credited with the story for this one. I guess, you know, along with Edgar Allan Poe, which is kind of interesting. Uh, but we can talk about the cast a little bit more. Uh, of course, this is a, you know, a star vehicle for Ed Weege for Neck as Floriana. However, uh, Anita Strindberg, the equally stunning and awesome, uh, as many listeners will know, from films like uh, Lizard in a Woman's Skin, which is an amazing Lucio Fulci giallo. Uh, she plays Irina Luigi Pistilli as Olivero. Ivan Rasimov, the man from uh, Strange Vice of Mrs. Ward, comes back again as Walter with a very poor white wig, Michael. Yeah, dude, that wig was awesome, man. They should have just dyed the man's hair. Uh, let's just leave it at that. <laughs> And uh, Angela Lavornia as Brenda as this is kind of the main characters in the movie. Not a huge cast, um, you know. There's 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 quite a few you know ancillary characters and whatnot, but kind of like Mrs. Ward, they're, they're the main people in the movie, and we listed them uh, right out of the gate. Michael, I just want to talk about uh, Oliverio, the husband. Oh boy. Well, um, well, Luigi yeah. Pastilli too is just uh, you know actually at the time he was one of the biggest actors in Italy when he was in this. Yeah, film. he was he was like a hot guy, you know. Yeah. He was like like an it guy, but wow, like his character, he's a a failed writer and alcoholic, and they live in this weird, messed up kind of falling apart mansion, right? And he has a cat named Satan. And he he's a trip, okay. Well, the cat he, originally the cat was the mother's cat. We can get to mm-hmm, this, yes, yes. Very, oh, he's got mother issues. Weird relationship um, with his mother. Very strange mother. It's, it's there's there's like two incest angles in this movie. The first of which might be him and his mother, although the mother is dead. There are no scenes of him and his mother. There's a very strange painting of his mother. Um, he is just abusive to the lovely Miss Anita Schridberg, huh? Well, just get just touching with the on the issue with the mother. Okay, there's yeah. a, there's the painting and there's the dress that his mother yes. wore. Mm-hmm. That he keeps around and yeah, it's, and, it's a whole thing. And, and there's <laughs> there's the scene where where um, I, Irina comes out with the dress on. Yes, and he, she's like, you know, there's a turn you on when I dress like her, and it's all yeah, it's, creepy it's, and weird, you know. 
<laughs> now, if you thought Strange Rise of Mrs. Ward was quote unquote sexual, um, I would say Martino ups the sex ante here quite a bit. Mike, what do you think? Yeah, but definitely, this is way sleazier than Mrs. Ward. Yes, it is. Yeah, and and the it's other yeah. the other thing too is like. Um, Luigi Pastilli is he's such a brooding, tortured character too. Mm. You know, now he's not a good guy. Like he no, he's not a good wife. husband. No, beats his wife. Right, we're gonna get this out of the way. Yeah. He's not a good guy. He's not a good husband. He's a failed writer. He's an alcoholic. He hosts these parties, listeners. Okay, these parties slash orgies with a bunch of the local hippies in Italy and like the you know the good looking people. And he abuses his wife in front of all these like young 20-somethings. It is the weirdest shit ever. And there's this real interesting scene in the very beginning where one of the, the, the young hippie broads just burst out singing. <laughs> what did you think of that scene? Yeah, it, that was weird. and <laughs> I loved it, though. How yeah. cool was that scene, yeah. though? Yeah, I, I think that is a song from Hair. I'm not 100% sure, but I don't. I, I think it is. I saw that Hair, uh, the movie musical, like once a million years ago, and I've, I've always wanted to rewatch it um, because it's kind of got a little bit of like, you know, that like cool 70s vibe that I like that movie. I'm not a, a big musical guy, to be honest, but like that movie I saw once maybe like 20 years ago, and, and I've always meant to rewatch it, and they just like start singing, and like uh, Anita Stridberg, uh, the wife... Uh, she's just like so distraught and it's just a really kind of like trippy scene, right? She looks completely damaged in this movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. She, her hair is always like a little bit disheveled, you know, mm -hmm. beautiful woman, but she looks, yeah, she's like a supermodel. Like, yes. I mean, in lizard and a woman's skin, she looks, I mean, she looks like a supermodel to me. She's like a seventies, like glamorous woman. Uh, and in this, she just, you know, you feel, you really feel for her and the character, you know? Exactly. You know, and, and uh, yeah, and there's, he's also hard on their maid too, this uh, African lady. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, she gets the abuse as well. Yeah, I, I'm going to touch on that. Um, okay, it's 1972, listeners, and the language the, the the translated language in in regards to discussing the, the the black character are not complimentary so you'll have to go into that armed with that right mike well you know yes but also let's remember that we're not framing up uh oliviero as as a, a sympathetic character either so. no he's a piece of crap anyway right yeah, exactly so, i mean it's like yeah. Of course, he's he has like vaguely racist feelings. Um, mm -hmm. He beats his wife. He cheats on her. He's all you know. Mm -hmm. He's one of these guys who lived the, in the lap of luxury probably for most of his life, and he's just right. like, this decadent, brooding, damaged. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah, like yeah. His, I his mean, facial expressions, like the way he uses his face in this movie, is pretty. Mm -hmm pretty fucking right on man i think his acting is physical you know what i mean aside aside from his delivering the dialogue it's like a physical vibe that he presents where he's just he just looks miserable like in every scene he does look miserable in every scene and if i was to find out that say luigi pastilli was drinking the entire time in this movie i would say indeed he was like he looks like he's going through what the character is going through yeah. he's method acting this fucker right Oh, and a quick aside, um, he took his own life in, in yeah. 1996. Mm, yeah. That's right. Dark. Yeah, definitely. Dark character, yeah. indeed. Um, and and it, to our delight, both Edwige and Anita Schriberg are both still alive to they this day. On. They live on. Yes, yes, they live on, man. They're not going anywhere, which is awesome. Uh, to, uh, again, add, add Ms. Schriberg to the convention guests that I'm never going to get, Michael. That's just, it's just not going to happen. You know? <laughs> uh, that would be nice though. Um, anyway, uh, Miss Finnick has not made her appearance. Um, it's weird how she, how she kind of gets top billing, but it takes a little while for her to appear in the film. Right. You know, she about at least a half hour. It seemed like I thought. Yeah. But she, she's kind of like a catalyst for a lot of the, um, a lot of the action. You know what I mean? 
Like when right. she shows up, things start popping off a little bit more, you know? That is true. And um, also, she, she has short hair in this movie. And, of course, she looks as wonderful with short hair as she does with long hair. And uh, the other interesting thing about this movie is that she is not she's a bad girl. She's the you know what I'm saying? She's like she's maybe not as mean as as Oliverio, but she's as conniving and as maybe as maybe dark as he is. Right. Well, also, let let's let's make the connection that she, that she's his niece. So there, there's a family relationship here. Yes. Yeah. And I'm just going to throw it on the table. Um we have we have almost kind of fairly clear nods that Oliverio was sleeping with his mom when his mom was alive. Number one, and well, his actual niece, uh, Miss Fennec, well, he ends up sleeping with her in the movie too. <laughs> um, you know, this is the seventies. This is uh, this is an Italian film after all, and. Uh, these types of things went down in these kind of movies, Mike. What are you going to do? Yeah, yeah, but but also like it just plays into the whole um, old money, you know, like the decaying past yes. glory. You know, there are these like sort of fading aristocrats. Right, right, you know? right. That, that sort of is like you expect that to happen with people like that. You know what I mean? You kind of do, and it is a part of the plot. Yes. Okay, it, yeah. it isn't just thrown in there for titillation. It's not, actually. And she also ends up sleeping with her aunt, who was Anita Strindberg. And that, too, although it is incest, in a way, um, is a part of the plot as well, right? Yes. Yeah, all this stuff is... And now, I'm going to make a comment about this. I think mm -hmm. this movie, for sure, everything goes very, very smoothly narrative wise like it goes from yeah. a to b mm -hmm. to c to e you know what i mean mm -hmm. and um you know it's uh where, whereas it's not as clunky as mrs ward M mrs ward though I, I i i personally like that one a little bit more than i like this one even though this one's like more sleazy yeah it, yeah it's, it's a little cumbersome compared to this film right right you're a little more thrown off i think by the very end yeah um but this one, I mean, there's more killing in this one. There's more blood. You've got more sex and more nudity. But ultimately, it doesn't necessarily make for a better film. Now, uh, full full disclosure here, it is it is you know kind of loosely, maybe more than loosely based on Edgar Allan Poe's Black Cat. Now, I read the Black Cat. Geez, I mean, a real a very long time ago. I don't remember just how much of this would play into it. I do believe the overall framing and kind of ending and the usage of the cat and the usage of the hiding the bodies in the wall is really what comes into play with the black cat. Um, to my knowledge, there is no wild incest no. angle in black cat, right? No, in, in the okay. Poe, the Poe story, the only elements mm -hmm. they took from the black cat was the cat and mm -hmm. what they did with the walls, like hiding bodies in the walls. And and the kind of revengeish ending and yeah. the, you know what I'm saying the yeah. comeuppance at, at the end right yeah the comeuppance that that's present in Edgar Allan Poe's short story too and yes you know a lot, lot of air, lot of screen time for Satan the cat yes now because it's a 70s Italian movie I just hope uh, cats were treated okay on this set I I have not found any <laughs> anything to be led to believe that other other, you know, nefarious things were, were, you know, about, um, because there are scenes where the, you know, uh, a violence with the cat where it looks kind of fake, but then, you know, they use a real cat for a good chunk of the movie, I would say. <laughs> yeah. I love, yeah. I love when cats are in movies. Cause like, I, I can never understand how they, how, how they direct a cat. You know what I mean? <laughs> like they never do what you want them to do. So how the hell do you get them to do what you're supposed, they're supposed to do in a movie? Yeah, like I mean, sure, dog trainer and animal trainer, great. Cat trainer, I mean, they should be paid triple what every what the other animals uh, trainers get because cat trainer has got to be difficult, right? I mean, God. Um, but <laughs> I'll say this: this cat, whose name is Satan, man, really hates Irina. Ooh, like it, it just beats the crap out of her. <laughs> well, also like. They they kind of hint at the fact that 
Satan was the mother's cat. Mm. And it's not spoken, but I I kind of feel like Satan was kind of had like like was the mother's like familiar, you know what I mean? And like Right. That's right. why the cat hates Irina. Because mm-hmm. of the weird incestuous relationship we she had with Olivero and you know, of course, you might see Arena like probably even when she was alive as some kind of weird sexual rival or something like that. You know? Yeah, totally. I mean, there's a lot. There's layers to this movie, yeah. and it, it it's 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 fun. You know, um, the music uh, from Bruno Nicolai is just fucking gorgeous. I mean, if you enjoy the music in Strange Rise of Mrs. Ward. I mean, to a degree, this this music is 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 almost better. Uh, it's it's very memorable, very moving. Um, I was telling Mike Hill before the start of the show, back in like '04, I got a bunch of Italian uh, soundtracks on CD, uh, including "Strange Vice of Mrs. Warrior," "Vice is a Locked Room," "Case of the Bloody Iris," and like you know, two or three more. And when I went and, and looked up how much these are going for on, on Discogs, because I'm, I'm trying to uh, catalog all of my uh, CD, um, this one in particular is goes for about like $125, which yeah. is a lot, <laughs> you wow. know? Yeah. Um, it's from the Digit Movies label, and they, they reissued these all in like the early O's, mid-early O's, kind of in time for the DVD explosion of giallo films to be honest which is what was totally happening in 04 uh in 04 that's when i was buying up a lot of these on dvd before they were on blu-ray and yeah um 150 dollars uh and i think the, the strange vice one is like 250 dollars wow. which is wild you know that is wild uh yeah from the digit movies d-i-g-i-t movies label which is an italian label in italy you could find them on discogs and uh just pretty pretty nice uh additions you know to the collection mike um and some of these are on vinyl as well but uh some are harder to find than others but you know if you're into like you know the whole horror vinyl thing i mean this this is great stuff to have rather than you know Jason takes Manhattan on vinyl, but uh, that's just just my fucking two cents. Much rather have this. There's my little jab. Sorry if anyone was offended. Well, (laughs) this all plays into what I was saying about Italian films, though. It's like you get great music, you know, you get beautiful women, you know, you get very, like, the sets, you know, and everything, like, like the backdrop, the beautiful countryside you know, this, like, interesting culture, like, all that stuff is really... Well, yeah, I mean, look, I'll, I'll just say it. These were made by people, who, like, real directors and, like, people in Italy that had some prominence or at least at some point in their career had prominence and were very well respected. Whereas, you know, when you hit parts 9, 10, and 11 of, you know, <laughs> Friday the 13th, they're being directed by... Sometimes guys who were, you know, they got the job because they got the job. They're not auteurs. They're not yeah, fucking, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's, you almost can't even compare it in well, a way. I, I, I can't, I kind of find like, all right, look, Halloween. All right. I love mm-hmm. Halloween one, two, and three. Okay. Yeah. Michael Myers is a character. One of my favorite horror characters ever. Right. I, I, everything else is kind of unwatchable. Like four, we we've done four, five. You know, and like we already yeah. covered that. I mean, it's, yeah. Um, and to see people just—I don't know—to see people salivating nah. over some of them, it's just like, well, I guess we have we have different opinions, and and I guess that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, well, you know, with Argento and like Martino and these guys, they were like. Like these movies are definitely, um, yeah. There's like a little bit of a schlock, you know, element to it. Yeah, but right. they they made these movies with an artful eye, and I guess that's mm-hmm. that's the thing. You know, sir, some of the plots, you know, like there's a little confusion, too many mm-hmm. twists. But there's a, it's like an an artistic sort of sensibility with these movies, and that's what I love about them. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, and I think look, they 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 kind of if you're willing if you're willing to go there, they take you to a place you've never been. If you're willing to be transported to to the seventies in Italy, which is a you know it's a very time and place thing. If you're if you're willing to just kind of get lost in that world, then Giao films are for you. You know. Um, although some people want to be lost in the eighties and look, the eighties was a fucking great decade. Okay. It was, it was, there was a lot to like about the eighties in, in America, so to speak, or, sure. you know, yeah. there was a lot to dislike about America in the eighties, but I think in popular culture, obviously there's a lot to like, because like every day there's someone trying to ape something from that era. Right. Yeah. And also even, you know, 80s slashers, even they, reached over and influenced some of the italian like uh tenebrae you know has like mm -hmm. a little bit of a slasher kind of vibe oh it. yeah yeah and look people like eli roth people like quentin tarantino really enjoy these movies and are big fans of these movies and have taken a lot of their cues from them and i don't know i feel like that alone for a, a listener who, who might not be too hip on this I mean, if that's a starting beat for you alone, then I'd say just give it a shot, you know? Check these fucking movies out, right? Yeah, totally, man. You know, get a nice glass of red wine, you know, and, and fucking enjoy yourself, <laughs> yeah. you know? Some some Italian bread, you know, olive oil. Make a whole evening you know, out of it. Olives, you know, that kind of stuff. We Look, it's funny. Mike and I were texting each other even before we, we decided to do this movie, you know, we, we, we realized this is a, a, a 50 year old movie, <laughs> you know, it's, it turns 50 this year. Uh, it may not resonate with some of our listeners with a chunk of them perhaps, but I just think if it takes a, a couple of you and, and maybe flicks a light switch or just, you know, prompts a curiosity, then that's amazing. You know, right. Right. But you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to make another statement about, you know, since uh, we're talking about a movie that's 50 years old, but then mm -hmm. I think that these movies age better than movies like slasher films that came out in the 80s. Mm. You know, it's like, that's why they're remaking fucking Halloween. Like, how many goddamn times? It's like the third round of remakes or reimaginings right. of Halloween. You know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. like, because like, I, I mean, I love the, the I think the first two are timeless, you know, but they're constantly trying to update these movies because people will go back. Oh, this is like very unrelatable, you know, but I think that you, know, you go back and you watch these movies. It's almost it's almost the same way that other films from the 70s, like, uh, you know, The French Connection or Taxi mm -hmm. Driver or something like that. You you don't you you relate to it even though it's from another time, like you don't right. feel it, it ages in a, in a way where it's still relatable, you know. And that's how I feel like a lot of the Giallo films are the same way. It's like they came out. I think this one came out before Taxi Driver came out. Yes, you know? it did. Yeah, yeah. And mm -hmm. I watched you know I, I watched Taxi Driver and I watched this this past weekend, and I was like, man, these movies seem fresh even though they're from a completely bygone era right now but they they completely seem relatable you know and they're, they're painting a picture of another world you know right but like when you watch something from the 80s and I, look i i like slasher movies just as much as anyone else does but mm -hmm. yeah there, there's an element to it where it, there it seems a little bit like kind of throwaway you know what i mean like it's uh it's like cheap thrills you know and and that's fine and i love all mm -hmm. that stuff too but it's not as like artful as like a film like this or like you know Taxi Driver or you know. No, it's not. And and you know what? Uh, if you're a listener that that has taken uh, our cues and check these out, and if you found that you don't like them, then that's okay too. But at least at least you checked it out. You spread your wings a bit, and I think that's important in horror. I mean, you know, there's always an emphasis on the shiny new toy, but I mean, I don't know. I watch. I, you know, I've been watching rewatching a lot of the, the jowls from the seventies and I, I almost feel like there's a, a very good, uh, there could be a very good way to, to address some of these movies 
and and literally give some of them remakes that would not disrespect the original you know yeah well um, yeah. i mean you could take the pl- you could take the plot okay the basic plot uh not this movie maybe strange rise of mrs ward right okay and give it a modern setting and i don't know i think you'd have a nice little thriller on its hands that would prompt quite a few people to go holy shit i, I would love to check out the original i enjoyed that movie or do you think no don't do anything with these movies i i lean towards not doing anything with them but mm. if they were going to remake these they would have to be made remade by a european director mm, okay you know what i mean like and they're, they're out there they're yeah, out there in the states you know they they cast some fucking guy you know like i don't know like they, they just wouldn't <laughs> look right you know what I mean? like, you're right well what about uh what's the name for like director of censor uh she's you know i mean she's british she's not oh, yeah. italian yeah Bailey i mean Prano now Bond. yeah yes yep she'd imagine be it, yeah. it, it, a press release comes out a few weeks from now she's she's remaking all the colors of the dark are you kidding me that would be fucking unbelievable i 200 you know? <laughs> back that because right right i i think you're I, I hear you on the who who would be at the helm would be important right yeah um it, i don't think it could go to any schmo I think it would have to go to, to somebody who's a fan, like a like an Uber fan, but is a young person or a you know someone in their thirties or forties, whatever you know, a, a director with a bit of a of a history who enjoys these films. And I don't know, they're probably out there because well, these movies are being watched. Yeah, I mean, Bailey Prano Bond has got she's an excellent filmmaker, so <laughs> that and I feel like she her sensibility would match a film like this. You know, my, my biggest fear is if they made it in the United States, mm. you know, you, you'd have like a zero, like James Wan make, remake it or something like that. You know <laughs> oh, I mean? no. Uh, that would, that would threw suck. some shade at James Wan. Look, he's, he actually seems like a great guy, and he has done things that I have liked. But, you know, I, I mean, Malignant was just like, I almost feel like it was like a freak thing. And I feel like somewhere in another earth, it was like a bomb. But... It was a just. It just happened to be a big deal. Like, like it just. It was just one of those weird things where it caught some heat and just was. And I think the fact that it streamed on HBO Max had a lot to do with it, along with the theatric. Like, I think there were things in play that was just like, boom, I'm watching this movie. I'm fucking home. I'm not going to the fucking movies. There's a brand new horror movie with a little bit of heat on it. Hell yeah, you know. I mean, why not? Yeah, I mean, right. I, I I hated that movie. I, I'm not a fan of James Wan, really, in general. I, I was a little harsh by calling him a zero because obviously, right, right, yeah. he's not a zero. The dude's you know like <clears throat> got got his shit together. You know what I mean? But like that movie was terrible, man, and everyone loved yeah. it. And, and that's what makes me hate <clears throat> it even more. I guess that's why I go harder in the other direction is because I see how people are fucking going nuts about that movie. <clears throat> Um, again, it it is a movie that has two or three Jallo traits and, uh, he used a very Jallo poster. I gotta give him that. That barely even had much to do, you know, to me with, with the movie that, that kind of, it kind of tricked me into thinking it was going to be something else. I don't know about you, Mike, but, and I have a funny feeling some people thought it might've been a little, a little more to it, but, uh, you know, yeah. Um, but this movie, again, it, look, it takes you on a nice ride. Uh, it's, it, you know, it's got titillation. It's got violence. It, it's got a body count. Um, I don't know, though. I don't know if it's better than Mrs. Ward. I, I'm going to maintain that in a way it's a bit, I don't know, I guess a little more subpar than Mrs. Ward. Are we in agreement on that? We're in total agreement on that. Even though I do mm-hmm. like this movie a lot, it's got the cat, you know, Satan. Mm-hmm. Is it? Um, right. You know, you, you get you get like two incredibly beautiful European women in it. Mm-hmm. Um, you get the brooding uh, Olivero character uh, played mm-hmm. by uh, Luigi Pastilli, and that makes up for a big part of the film. You know. Yeah, for me, um, th- there's like you know, there's a killer on the loose attacking uh, prostitutes and women, and 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 there's a scene where you know he gets killed, 
And of course, there's still this 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 raging question as to as to who, you know, uh, might have killed um, the the the, uh, the black maid cat. Like there there are questions that are still unanswered. Um, and much like Mrs. Ward, we're not going to tell you the ending of this movie. I I liked who was at fault though in this movie, Mike. What about you? I liked that the person who was the killer was the killer. I was well, I was like. Yeah, there, yeah, there's there's like a sense of like the universe cor correcting itself by having, yeah. having the the result of the film be what it is, you know. Mm -hmm. No, and, totally, totally. Yeah, yeah, totally. And and um, yeah. No, I, I, it's not. It's slightly below Mrs. Ward, but it's mm -hmm. still very very enjoyable. Okay, so with that, I get. I mean, I believe I gave my Mrs. Ward four point five. Yeah. And I I actually give I give this one like a. A nice but solid four. I, I like this movie. Um, so would that would that mean you're in your three point five? I'm gonna, you know, I I actually gave it a four as well because okay. I I know it's not a three five. Okay, right. I um will continue rewatching this movie in years in the, in the coming years. You know what I mean? Yeah. So oh yeah. So mm -hmm. that is uh you know puts it in the four range you know what i mean right where mrs ward edges more towards 4.5 but this is a solid low four let's put it that way yeah i mean it's fun it's a fucking good job it's it's a good movie and uh if you're if you're gonna buy this movie on blu-ray uh, i'll give you some some you know food for thought um you get a very nice making of featurette called unveiling the vice with Edwige and Sergio Martino and Ernesto Gastaldi, you get uh, another featurette, Dolls of Flesh and Blood, The Gialli of Sergio Martino. Mm. Uh, you get, to me, what was probably one of the best things about the extras, The Strange Vices of Mrs. Fennec, film story, and Justin Harris on the actress's prolific career. That's really cool. That's actually a very great featurette. And you also get Eli Roth, uh, featurette on your vice and the genius of Sergio Martino. So yeah, get the arrow disc people. It's uh, definitely worth it for this movie. Is that still, um, it's not sold out or anything like that. No, you can get it. You can get it. Um, the original, the original press came with like a booklet and all this shit, but um, this version still comes with all these extras. I mean, I got this version. I didn't get the one with the booklet and the cooler, cooler stuff, but uh, yeah, I think arrow does that a lot. Their first press usually comes with like a nice thick booklet, right? And sometimes a thick booklet and an additional disc, but then they do, you know, they do the standalone once that sells out because those always fucking sell out. And uh, yeah, that's what I got for this one. I got the OG of uh, Deep Red, which is awesome, but it comes with tons of shit. And I have uh, a very nice uh, Last House on the Left arrow uh, with, a, again, a ton of, you know, ancillary stuff, so... The, cool uh, company that that's awesome i might have to pick that up too and and the other thing to keep in mind too the other, the other thing i love about a lot of these films is the poster art it's always mm -hmm. these incredible like painted covers you know painted posters. yeah yeah it's just great you know they gave a new cover which is cool because some new covers are not cool and then on the inside it's the it's the og poster art so i, I love the option of the both right you know, last house um, on the left, like this, this, this gentleman in Europe gifted me a, um, a European version of it. Hmm. And, uh, but I have, I, my, 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 um, all region player does not work. So I have to get a new one. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, thank you, uh, for taking this trip to Italy with us listeners. And we, we really do hope you enjoyed it again. You know, I don't think it appeals to all of you guys, but I think it appeals to quite a few of you. And again, we want to hear if you did like it and you do like this kind of stuff, please let us know on Instagram and Facebook and you know, yeah. the usual channels, right, Mike? O only let us know if you like it. If you don't like it, don't <laughs> I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> oh, I have, I have to bring this up. I will not say his name, but at least he was playful about it. Someone made a comment on my page uh -oh. about your about your about your beardo beer drinking thing about the 
metalhead comment and I was oh, dying. Yeah. Okay. But at least he wasn't mad about it. He thought, I mean, he, he seemed to have taken it with a, uh, you know, a grain of salt. I, as they I, don't say. Even, I don't even remember what I said. Yes, I know because I brought up that I was listening to Chemis, the band Chemis. Sorry. But, you know, hey, we all can't like the same things. Man. We all can't like the same thing. That's right. I mean, you know, God, I well, there's a friend of mine who, who relentlessly gets upset with me because I enjoy Poison, the hair metal band, because he's such like an old school metalhead. He just can't fathom that someone like me appreciates poison. And I'm like, dude, you just you just got to get over it. <laughs> you know? Everyone likes what they like. You know, not everyone likes the same things. And that's totally fine. Just, you know, that's for, true. For me, for me, there's certain things I like and I don't like. And, you know, I yeah. also exercise the freedom to express those things. <laughs> and uh, I don't judge people for not liking anything, you know, and, you know. Just yeah, I mean, you know, exactly. I mean, there there are metal bands I love and ones I do not. You know, and that's just it's just how it is. Doesn't mean you gotta you gotta come at me. You know, I'm not coming at you for making fun of bands I like. <laughs> some people say tomato and some say tomato. That's right. <laughs> it's it, it is what it is. Yeah. It's all um, good, it's all in good fun, man. You know, all in good fun. And you know what? I just I was so happy that someone took the time to uh, to acknowledge the little comment. I was like I was really laughing to myself and just, smiling. So thank just, you for that. If it, if it makes you feel any better, my buddy Morgan fucking tortures me about the music I like. So oh okay okay there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, this was a lot of fun as usual. And uh, listeners, we will see you next time on Necromaniacs podcast. And make sure you tell. One of your horror-loving friends about us because we're always welcoming to new members of the family, right, Mike? That's right. And uh, hit that subscribe button, mm -hmm. and, we'll, and we'll talk to you next week. Take care, everybody. See you next week. Mm -hmm.